BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Good morning, Millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Thursday. Hey, Claude. How you doing? Hey, Jax. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, I'm battling the common cold, which I do believe I have bestowed onto you when we were together this you weekend. You gave to me. I'm a day behind you. We both have colds. And they are far worse than I remember having. Well, what's so strange about getting a cold in the age of COVID is I feel as mm -hmm. though, you know, as a society, we've all been doing our best not to get COVID for the last six months. And we forgot about just like other ailments, like the common cold. And I do believe that like being home so much um, really lowered my immunity. Like I was just not exposing myself to like any sort of germs. So when we did go away and last week was I feel like the real the first real week where I like entered civilization again and mm -hmm. I think that my immunity just got the best of me and I caught a common cold it got the best of you hey. it broke your heart oh. now all that's left of you what's left what's left are tissues on your bed so true <laughs> I have tissues everywhere that's the worst I have part everywhere you know what? There's so many bad parts about having a cold, but I would say the absolute worst part is the red dry patch you get under your nostrils from blowing your nose so much. No, but like that dry patch is like you get it when you're done blowing your nose and it's like a sign of achievement. It's like we we're over the hump. No, I literally get it after like the third or fourth tissue of the cold. Oh, no. Mine comes at the tail end of the cold. It's like, OK, we don't have a cold anymore, but your nose hurts. Oh, no, I get it, like, for the duration of the entire cold. So it's really just, like, a physical, like, reminder that you are fighting the common cold. Yes, I agree with that. And so Claudia and I are both battling the common cold. I think I'm a day behind symptoms because that makes it clear that you gave it to me. Yes, um, But I also did. what's crazy about the common cold in the age of corona is, like, you know, every you don't want to appear to be sick. Oh, totally! Like so, like during we were this podcast, to tell you guys, we yes. Have Literally during the podcast this week, I've been like muting myself, like sniffling, drinking water, putting Aquaphor on my nose, just because like I don't want to appear sick. Because then it's like she was irresponsible. She got COVID. It's like no, sweetie, I just caught the common cold, but I'm so sorry to have offended you. Yeah, we just caught the common colds. But since I do have a cold, um, you know that I might have my sticky shoes voice Ooh, back. Jackie has so, a sexy voice. I might be getting into some songs today. My sticky, sticky <laughs> shoes. <laughs> and now that I have this like podcast microphone that sort of looks like a recording mic. It does. I just might have to grace you with some of my ballads. You are also going to grace us today with your Emily in Paris thoughts. I cannot wait to hear what you thought of this show. I hope you guys were able to watch along with us because we will be recapping it at the end of this episode after the Fast Five. I just, I need to know what Jackie thought, like, so terribly. Yeah, um, we'll get into it, and I have a lot of varying thoughts. I don't want to, like, spoil it for anyone, but, um, like, my whole day was ruined by that show yesterday. I think wow. it actually, like, made, I think it, like, made me more sick. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so right, we'll get so, into it. But there's we'll also a it. lot of really good news today. Like I'm dying oh to talk about Morgan Wallen. All across Wallen. the board. I'm All dying to board. talk about Sophia from Call Her Daddy launching her own podcast. There's yes. so much to do. Like I just think it would be. I would love to sit here and dilly dally with you. But I have not only the common cold, but obviously my RDH flare up. So I just think we should get into it. 
Okay, let's get right into it because we have a lot to discuss. So without further ado, here is the fast, here are, ooh, grammar, eek. Here are the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. How? And yes, Jackie, but you know, I did speak to my doctor and she said that what I do for my RDH actually could be beneficial to fighting the common cold which I thought was just like a fascinating piece of medical information. So if I may, just maybe, maybe it would make us both, both feel better just to let everyone know that today's episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV but hate the size of your cable bill? Philo is your solution. We were literally just talking about this, you guys. We were. Philo is live and on demand for just $20 a month. It's the best way to watch the Jersey Shore, Family Vacation, everything on MTV, everything on VH1, everything on Nickelodeon, Food Network, and then more than 50 other channels. So if you love reality TV or you have kids who love kids TV, love watching home improvement, drama, Philo has you covered. They also have classics like Martin, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Friends, and The Office. So you could save hundreds of dollars a month on TV because it's the most affordable way to watch at a time when everyone could use some entertainment in their life, and it's never a bad time to start saving money. They have no contracts with Philo. It's cord-free, commitment-free, hassle-free, and unparalleled customer service. They have unlimited DVR on Philo, so you can save all your favorite shows to watch on your own schedule. Philo allows for multiple profiles and multiple streams, so you're never going to get kicked off. Everyone in the house can have their own saved shows and up to three simultaneous streams. You never have to fight over who gets to pick what to watch, it's easy to use and even easier to sign up. You can watch from your phone, your laptop, tablet, or TV with Roku, Fire TV, Apple TV, or Android TV. So now more than ever, Philo believes that great TV shouldn't cost an arm and a leg and it should be accessible to everyone. And saving money shouldn't mean giving up the shows and channels that you love. Philo is TV for everyone, and you guys should check it out. We were literally just having this discussion the other day, like... Why is it yes. so expensive to have cable? And do you and don't why like is actually- it so necessary to cut your cords? Right. And Philo so- is here to help you do that. Think I couldn't have said it better myself, Jackie. So sign, sign up today. Up. Cut your cords. Sign up today at <laughs> philo.tv. So philo is spelled P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash toast. And if you use that link, you'll get 25% off your first two months of philo. So that's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash toast. Philo dot TV slash toast. Okay. Love it. Sign on. Cut your cords. Get to it. Cut your cords, man. Okay, first story, big story of the day. SNL cancels Morgan Wallen's performance after the singer breaks COVID-19 protocols. Morgan Wallen is no longer this week's SNL musical guest, and his number one fan, Jackie Ashray, is extremely (laughs) upset by the news. Very. The rising. I'm I'm furious, like, at everyone. No, like, I'll read the story, but when he talks about, like, I'm so sorry to the fans, he's talking to me. And you know what? Um, I'll let you know how I feel about it, but the Rising Country star posted an emotional Instagram video from a New York City hotel room where he was preparing to go on the weekly show, telling fans that he had received a call from the show, informing him that he would no longer be able to play the the October 10th show because of COVID-19 protocols at SNL. He said he had not tested positive for COVID-19, but, quote, my actions from this past weekend were pretty short-sighted and have obviously affected my long-term goals and dreams, he said, referring to TikToks in recent days that showed why socializing in Alabama without a mask at a crowded bar and a house party. Yeah, so I'm on Morgan Wallen TikTok. M- videos of Morgan Wallen, like, always go viral on TikTok. Like, he ends up at, he just, like, lo- he's, like, a kid in a lot of ways. I know he, like, has a child and stuff, but he's, like, a, he's, like, a 15-year-old. He, like, goes out to bars and then, like, ends up at people's houses and, like, plays guitar for them <laughs> and makes out with the daughters. Like, it's crazy. And this is, like, not new if you're on Morgan Wallen TikTok. But this weekend, I guess he just, like, went on a rampage. And there were so many TikToks of him literally just, like, making out with girls, like, for the TikTok. It was kind of disgusting. But who am I to judge, you know? And, of course, SNL has been, like, super careful with COVID. Everyone who is an actor, producer, writer, like, they have to be quarantined for two weeks. And so while he tested positive, he tested negative for COVID, it's like us. We tested negative for COVID. But the incubation period is two weeks, and the show is supposed to be the Saturday, right? Yeah. Also, I think... It seems like it's not about whether or not he has it, but just the protocols weren't followed, and it seems like that's the bare minimum that you have to do to be on SNL these days, and I think allowing him to play without following protocols would allow anyone to come on without following protocols, and then that's where you get into trouble. I totally agree. They're trying to bring the show back in an in-person way, and like they have to go above and beyond. Like The last thing they want is... Someone this getting happening COVID. all the time. So they need to like take a stand 
and yes, so they, and they did. I actually agree with SNL in the in, ten, in the sense of not allowing him to come because there are protocols. He literally had one job. He got SNL, yeah. which is like a musician's dream, and you had one job, and that was to quarantine for two weeks, and you didn't do it, so you don't get the opportunity. And I actually agree with that. But I'm just like reading people's reactions, and I think like so many people are more angry at him, like if for his personal choices in like seeing girls, be, even though he just had a baby, and they're disappointed in him, like be a better. <laughs> father when at the end of the day like that's his personal business and like I'm never gonna judge anyone like you don't know what's going on like I don't judge people for like okay he wants to he's a young famous celebrity and he's making out with girls like oh that's crazy like who fucking cares so like all these people who are like personally offended by him like making out with people because he has a baby mama at home like Get off your fucking high horses that's not what's going on here I'm mad at him because now we cannot see him perform at SNL and all you had to do was stay in your fancy hotel room in New York City for two weeks that someone else was paying for and I just don't know how you couldn't do that like that is annoying yeah I don't care what his personal life looks like I actually don't even know what it looks like because I'm just truly a fan of the music well and it's the man really messy music um but yeah this is there you had one job you didn't do it if SNL wants to be able to do live shows like these things are important and I, Lauren, he did say that Lauren said that they'll find a way to reschedule it at mm-hmm. another time. So I'm going to hold on to that as like a Morgan Wallen fan. I'm upset I won't be watching him this weekend and that like his career won't be popping off this weekend. But it's not going to happen. So yeah, also, I just, hope a- that, I just hope that eventually it does. Like I can wait. As a Morgan Wallen fan, I'm also annoyed that this is probably going to cause him, he said he's going to take a step back from the spotlight and just, like, reevaluate some of his life choices, um, like, especially in his personal life. So it's like, great, not only do we not get you on SNL, but now you're taking a break. Like, when are we going to get new music? Everything's going to be delayed now because you're, like, taking a break. No, 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 no. I feel like he means taking a break from partying. He said from the the spotlight. The music is what heals the soul. No, but he could be writing new music in the studio, and that's not in the spotlight. In fact, that's exactly what he's probably going to do. It probably means more music. Better music. Better, best, more than more music. Here's my question. How do they replace him? Because whoever is going to perform has to also have been quarantined for two weeks. So what are the odds that there's a musician in New York who's been quarantined for at least a week? The odds are, they're there. I feel like they might, they could maybe find someone, um, or they just forego a musician. I don't think it's a big deal. That would be crazy. They did, they did Zoom episodes that were garbage for a few weeks. Like very they true. Can for, they can forego a musician. That would just be. I honestly, I watch SNL for the monologue and for the music. Like the skits are good too. Yeah. I also really like those like pre-recorded commercials. Those are my favorite. Um, but I really tune in. For oh the yeah, music. those are good. Those are good. I like that. Yeah, I tune in for the music, too. This is a bummer. It looks like I won't be tuning in. What are we doing Saturday night? I'll who be having was a the, cold. Who was... Oh, Issa Rae. I would watch her monologue and stuff on YouTube. Um, no, but I thought I, it was Bill Burr. It's Bill Burr and Morgan Wallen. Oh, yes. And then it's Issa Rae and Justin Bieber. Yeah, next week. Yeah, I'll just catch up. I mean, I'm in quarantine, so I have so much time, you guys. Don't worry about how or when I'm going to find the time. Oh, my God. I have to say something. Hmm. I meant to say this in the intro, but there's like a major personal life update for me happening. And it's like, it's killing me to not be able to like share it all over social media. What is it? So I found out yesterday from, you know, my sources in my apartment building. Wow. Excuse me. Are you going to cry? Are you going to cry? No. I found out today from some sources in my building. You know, I'm really like the eyes and ears of my building. I'm like the gossip girl. I always know what's going on. I found out through my eyes and ears, but then also I physically saw there is a major, I would say, A++ list celebrity staying in my building for the time being. She's going through some personal things. I did see her with my own eyes. I asked all the staff about her. I got, you know, as much information as I could. I am dying to talk to her, but I have heard that she's a little scary. Um, I'm dying to share on social media, like, who it is, like, get some advice, but I don't want to... That's just, like, a breach of privacy. Like, I would never do that. Um, But I just feel like the, the fact that I know she's here, like, I feel like I'm holding on to, like, the biggest piece of gossip. Like... <laughs> I'm sorry, I just snorted. Like, you li- I, I'm so sorry to burst your bubble. Like, oh, my God. Do you not think it's a big deal? 
No. <gasps> I really don't. I really don't. And, like, I'm really so shocked that, like, you are so shook by this. Oh, my God. I cannot believe you're not so shook by this. You literally this is- FaceTimed all of us yesterday to tell us, and, like, nobody cares. I think it's, like, the biggest deal. I feel like this is probably the most famous person I will ever come in contact with, ever. Oh, my God. Okay. It's just... I don't think so. I think you've already come in contact with more famous people. No, 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 no. I totally disagree. Like, this is a level <laughs> of fame that's just so astronomical that, like, I I was shook. I really was. Like, I was totally shook. And I've been, like, walking around the building, like, taking out my trash, just, like, looking for her. But I don't think she hangs out in the trash room, unfortunately. But I just wanted it to be known on the record. Like, I have an amazing piece of gossip. And I wish I could tell you guys, but I can't because it's rude. Yeah, it's definitely rude, but I feel like you should try and be normal and, like, introduce her to Theo, and that might be a good jumping-off point. Yeah, so I've actually thought in my mind, like, if we do end up in the elevator together, like, what do I say? And I was literally in the bathtub last night practicing, like, like they were, it was my script. And I think that it's really important when you meet a celebrity to, like, establish some sort of, like, middle ground, like a mutual friend, just so they know, like, you're not, like, a crazy fan. And I feel like me living in the building, like, makes me a little bit normal, but I think that if we had a mutual friend, it would be even more. So I called all my contacts last night, and I found that I do have a mutual friend with this person. So I have, like, a whole planned script. If I ever see her, I'm going to invite her over for drinks. And, like, she smokes cigarettes, so I'm going to be like, you want to come smoke a cigarette? And then someone's going to show her this episode. I know. Well, so I was debating bringing it up because, like, you know, I'm so insane in my mind. I'm like, oh, I actually am going to become best friends with her. Like, that's what's going to happen. And so I should not talk about it on the podcast because we probably are going to, like, become lifelong friends after this. And I just think it would be weird. But then it settled in. It's like, we're probably never even going to meet. And then I would have wasted, like, a great podcast opportunity. And work comes first. It does. Work over life. So here I am. I will never say who it is because it's just not nice. But um, it's really good. Okay. Well, good luck to you. I hope that this becomes a great friendship. And then we'll delete this episode. Yes. Oh, of course. By the way, you guys, if this episode ever mysteriously disappears, like, please don't question it. Just move on with your life. Just know I'm doing it for a personal gain. And just just know, like, you're in on the secret and just don't bring it up and, like, don't tweet it or anything. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Okay. Are you ready for our next story? understanding. (laughs) Are you ready? Yes. I'm not sure if you're ready. No, I'm, like, 100% ready. Okay, because ex call her daddy host Sophia Franklin is launching oh, a solo I'm podcast. Ready. I'm yeah, ready. You're ready. After the drama with Barstool Sports, Sophia Franklin, the former host of the popular podcast Call Her Daddy, is now the host of her own podcast called Sophia with an F. She posted on Instagram about her new solo podcast saying, I'm back, link in bio, subscribe, sleuths. A promo for the podcast released on September 29th includes multiple voices saying Franklin, quote, got greedy, is a snake, ruined her career, and more insults, many of which likely have been posted on social media in the five months since the drama ensued. Then, after all of those stunning reviews, um, Sophia says, so what I'm getting is you guys want to hear more from me. You'll be hearing from me very soon. The trailer was very funny. I love someone who can poke fun at themselves. And I feel like I'm definitely, and you and I are both definitely in the minority when it comes to this call her daddy situation, because I don't take any sides. Like I think both girls did what they thought was best for themselves. And I can respect that. But I and think what was, and what was probably best for themselves. Like, yeah. you know, but nothing, like where I feel like it's so where things got unfair is like the way that the audience kind of turned on Sophia. And like, I was just even reading her and I know that they're upset. Cause like, it's like your favorite show. It was going so good. Like, why did you, but I can't blame someone for trying to like better themselves. And I don't find that being greedy. I just find it being like business savvy. And savvy. I know pe- people don't agree with me. And like people like literally, this is one of the things that like people cancel us for like our opinion on yeah. this, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm tried and true in my opinion. I think Alex did what was right for her and she's going to be very successful. She is very successful. And I think that Sophia was trying to do what was right for her. And somehow it got turned into like this terrible thing where she's like a greedy loser who does what her man tells her to do. When in reality, if I was in that situation, I would have done exactly the same thing that Sophia did like step by step. Yeah. But I think that, you know, the way the story is told it's, it's really just there's two sides to every story. So I hope that her first episode, like, she'll maybe explain her side. I'm not really sure how much, like, people 
even care to still hear about it, but, or just like want to see her move on. But if I were her, I would feel the need to clear my name because the things that were being said about her were like so crazy. And, um, well, I, it, I don't know when the first episode is going to come out, but hopefully soon. The, the podcast is already number one overall in the podcast store. So that bodes well for her. Well, so I was reading the comments. I was just like, I'm so fascinated by this story. I just think it's like the most interesting thing that really happened this year. I, uh, I really believe that. Like on both sides. <laughs> I do. I really feel, I feel that way. And I was reading the comments and it's just like, to me, I feel like everyone can disagree on like cancel culture, accountability culture. But at the end of the day, like Sophia is a really great example of why cancel culture is so toxic because she got like fucking annihilated online worse than I've seen like anyone. And if we're really going to like take perspective and like, let's take inventory, like what did she do wrong? She, she made personal business decisions that people didn't agree with. Like, that's insane. I can understand wanting to cancel someone who said something that was offensive or it came out that was, you know, that said something that was kind of taken out of context. I can totally understand how people would be angry and want to cancel and ruin that person's life. But you want to cancel and ruin the life and say such mean things about a girl who literally built a podcast with her friend from scratch. It became the biggest female podcast in the world and they didn't know what to do and they had different ideas about how to take the business next so they parted ways like that's what we're canceling people for now the comments yeah. were so mean on her instagram like i just couldn't believe it and i'm like what I, okay like i totally understand like being a fan of a podcast and being so upset that like it's over like the the glory days of call her daddy with the two of them being best friends like that'll never happen again and it must be yeah. very upsetting as a call her daddy fan i 100 percent feel that but like can we just take stock of what's going on like literally the biggest cancellation of this year is for like a girl who like literally was just trying to like do what she thought was best for her who wanted her to get paid for the work that she does it's just so crazy so like when when we're discussing this i would just like everyone to keep that in mind like i feel like she's been like bullied online more than like the you know someone who has like tweets exposed like she's being put in that category when she does not deserve it yeah yeah no i i agree with you and i think that her taking all this time i guess it's been around 5 months people might have like softened towards her and the situation because when things like pop off like and there's all these memes and tiktoks and like everyone is just like you know merch is being sold yeah. it's so easy to get caught up in it but i think when there's like time that passes like i hope that people get perspective and they're like wait what were we doing yeah and at the end of the day like call her daddy became as big as it is because of both of them like i know everyone's like alex did the editing and for sure alex was carrying more of the weight but there was a a formula there like they were both really integral parts of the success of the show so call her daddy is now enormous and alex is doing amazing things and i think that sophia will probably do the same i think there are people who always like thought they were a sophia in their friend group and then there were girls who always thought they were the alex in their friend group and like you love alex you love alex you like sophia you like sophia like i don't know if this podcast is gonna like change many hearts and minds yeah not unless she has like new information about what went down that would crack the thing wide open but at yeah, this but point you know like, i'm not i don't think anyone's expecting that no but even if she did have like a major bombshell that like turned this entire thing on its side so much time has passed like i don't think people care anymore and i think that people who made up their minds during the 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 height of the drama like their minds they can't be made changed anymore like it's so so much time has passed I don't know. Uh, you think that, and then these things happen all the time, and it's like just the scales just keep t- tipping. Yeah, that's true. So we'll see. I'm I'm excited to hear our first episode. Me too. And like, what the format's going to be? Yeah, like what's what is it going to be? Like a, a sex show? Like what's it going to be about? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Sophia with an F. I think the F stands for fuck. fuck. Got it. <laughs> Okay, next up, some exciting news. Ebony K. Williams joins Real Housewives of New York as the first black cast member. Wow. I mean, there's been a lot of rumors about this. There has been, but now it is signed, sealed, delivered. Ebony K. Williams has been tapped to join the beloved Bravo reality show as its first black black cast member people reported quote new york city is filled with successful and dynamic black women i'm excited to join this legendary franchise as the first black housewife williams said in a statement can't can't wait to share a slice of life in this city that hasn't been seen before anyone who's aware of my work knows i don't hold back i'm going to keep it just as real here as i do everywhere else wow this is exciting there's been a lot of rumors about um 
who the next Real Housewife of New York is going to be and whether or not it'll be a person of color. And yeah. there were lots of names being thrown out, and I hadn't heard that it was going to be Ebony Williams, but now that it is, like, I will be following on Instagram. Um, this is exciting. Like, I, I, I'm, we've been talking a lot about Housewives, and I won't get into it too much, but because the, uh, you could, as you can see from how much we've been talking about it, like, this is really a transformative and transitional time for the Housewives franchise, and I just think this is, like, a really big deal. Yeah, so there have been, like, a lot of sources saying and people that might be cast members, but this is confirmed, and I hope that they're already filming, and I really look forward to seeing what she brings to the show. And also, like, for the show's sake, they need some change, and so I think this is great news all around. And also puts to bed what we've been talking about, like, where the show is going to go. Well, but that's my other concern, is while this is a great step in the right direction, I don't know if it's, like, enough. I think we need, like, literally two more cast members. Like, we were down to five by the end, like, mm-hmm. with Tinsley gone. Now Dorinda's gone. So that's four. So it's just, it's still not enough women. Yeah. I mean, maybe there'll be new cast members announced, like, as the season progresses. You never know. What would but your thoughts be on them bringing back Heather Thompson? I would be here for it. I really liked her. I don't I think that love she's her. the. I don't think she's the answer, honestly. I think she, she's just a great girl and like someone I would want to be friends with. But I, I don't think she's like a great housewife, honestly. Yeah, I feel like I liked her better off the show as like a Bravo fan and like former housewife than I did on the show. But I really did like her on the show, and I don't know. I she may not be the answer, but she may be part of the solution. I'm just saying. Yeah, I think that if they really want to shake things up and like have a successful season they need to bring back Cindy Barshop I I couldn't agree more I'm not gonna lie I think that's very very well put and I'm finally you know I'm (laughs) glad that respect is finally being put on Cindy Barshop's name yeah I'm happy for you that that's what's happening of course okay next story some more exciting news Stassi Schroeder marries fiance Bo Clark Quote, I am so proud to be your wife. So Stassi and Bo got married yesterday. It would have been their wedding day in Italy. And instead of waiting to get married, they got married still yesterday. Looks like a backyard wedding. And they're going to do a big wedding next year in Italy, it seems. Yeah, so it looks like they basically got, like, legally married. Um, and I've been saying all along, because, like, this, the topic of, like, Corona Brides has been, like, such a big part of... Um, this year and I'm grateful that I wasn't a Corona bride because I feel like it's a really hard spot to be in but if I was I probably would have done something similar to this like a yeah like the actual formality of the wedding I would just get it out of the way because I would want to start my life with Ben but like the actual party like a party can wait but I don't know if I would want to wait to start my marriage yeah no I agree I think that this is a really sweet thing to do we know some people who are doing it this way other people who are postponing the whole thing. And I think there's no right or wrong thing to do, but I think it's always exciting when two people find love and get married. I agree. Um, she looked super cute in her like, uh, pregnancy wear, very Kim Kardashian on her second pregnancy, which was like totally trench coats and tight bodycon dresses, which is such a fabulous, um, maternity trend. I just, I hope it's still in style by the time, like I'm pushing out kids, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I think you could bring it back in style if it happens to go out the out the door. And you know what's great about being someone who's never in style? Huh. I don't have to follow any trends. Like, I'm just wear whatever I want when I want. Yeah. Because I've never, I know people have tried to label me as a fashionista, but I won't let them. Yeah, because you're a maxinista is what you are. I really <laughs> am. I'm not going to lie. I'm such a maxinista. That was oh, like a also- brilliant ad campaign. No, it's so stunning. Like, I want to be a Maxinista. Who it's like doesn't want to be a Maxinista? I don't know. Crazy people. Also, <laughs> <laughs> also for Vanderpump Rules fans, you'll be happy to know that Kristen Doty was at Stassi's wedding after all. After it just, all of the back and forth. It just seems so strange to me that, like, after enduring, like, the last two very, you know, C-plus seasons of Vanderpump Rules. So much is happening right now, like all these gender reveals, these baby announcements, this backyard wedding, honestly, all the drama with Stassi, like whether or not you like her, you can't argue that it wouldn't make interesting TV. Like now all these interesting things are happening and there's not a camera in sight. Yeah, that's so true. Also, apparently there's drama between Sheena and the girls. Have you been seeing this? I've been seeing some drama between Sheena and Lala. I don't know enough about it, but like, I just feel like I actually feel bad for Sheena. That's what I will say. Like, 
to be honest, let's not forget when Lala came and all the girls were so mean to her and Sheena was the first one to be her friend. And then Lala got so cool. because She was like hanging out with Randall and Martin Scorsese. And like then all the rest of the cast came around and now she's like best friends with everyone. But and Sheena sat at that birthday party at the upstairs at the bar crying, saying, I know, like, I'm going to lose you to Lala because all the cool girls now. So I'm just I don't know what went on in the fight and I, I can't take sides because I don't know anything. But I just I'm starting off the the process of learning about it by saying I feel bad for Sheena. Yeah, I think when you look at it like that, it's obvious, you know, it's easy to say Lala did Sheena for the cool kids table. But I don't think that that's what happened, really. And Lala posted something on her Instagram. So I guess like Sheena was going through a lot when she miscarried and she wanted Lala to be there for her. And there was like one night where Lala was going to dinner and said she would like come over after. And Sheena's boyfriend was golfing. And Lala, Sheena felt like Lala wasn't there for her. And Lala posted something on her Instagram. She was like, Sheena like decides how she wants you to react to something and then is disappointed when you don't react in that exact way. Right. And I really can understand that. I think that's something that some people do that is so frustrating. Like let people be who they are. To have an expectation that someone, someone should react in the exact way that you want them to and then to be upset when they don't. Like you're just setting yourself up for failure. And I do think that that is Sheena's problem okay well i will learn more about it no need (laughs) (laughs) okay fifth and final story some exciting news for both of us because for you jordan sparks is working on new music and for me she's working on new christmas music oh wow honestly this is good news for me but it's unbelievable news for ben i have to let him know he is jordan sparks's (laughs) Number one fan. And you know what? I do love Jordan Sparks, but can I tell you what I think of when I think of Jordan Sparks? I have like a traumatizing story. Okay. So when I was in college and I had just started like doing Girl With No Job stuff and I was like, I had like 100,000 followers and I was like getting invited to cool things, but I was also working full time and, and going to class as a college NYU student. So I had a lot on my plate and I got invited to like this Soul Cycle event hosted by Jordan Sparks in honor of her new song and like it was such a big deal to be invited. I like, couldn't believe I got invited to like a celebrity, like real thing that, and like, I don't even like soul cycle, but I was going to find a way to go. It was like a soul cycle class with Jordan Sparks. And I was at my internship and I was like, so scared. I had like a bag full of clothes. I left during my lunch break to go to this soul cycle class, did soul cycle in the middle of my day and then like went back to work. But I was like, it's worth it. I'll just like meet Jordan Sparks, take a picture and then like run out. Um, so I get in my workout clothes. I like run across town on my lunch break, go into soul cycle and jordan sparks did not show up someone from her record label did be like oh jordan jordan couldn't come and i was like are you fucking kidding me i was so upset i like literally ran back across town to get back to my desk and while i'm happy for her she's releasing new music i just want her to know that she hurt me okay um, well, maybe she can mend that relationship with you by releasing new christmas music um i'm open to I'm it i'm so sorry I'm so sorry that that happened to you, honestly. It was so traumatic. You know the feeling like when you're leaving work, like you're escaping, like you have a little bag with clothes. Like it was just so traumatizing. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I honestly don't know how you can get past that. Like I was going to say, you need to forgive and forget, but like some things just stick with you. No, clearly. This was literally yeah. like 2013. That's so crazy. I'm sorry. And I was so honored to have been invited. And like I even went to Soul Cycle for Jordan's Barks. Like I don't do Soul Cycle, but like for a celebrity, of course I would. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she's working on new music for the holidays. Maybe that's what she was doing. She was so busy during our Soul Cycle event. So she said, I think this is the first time I'm saying it out loud, but I'm finally working on Christmas music. And so I'm very excited for people to be able to hear that. I was born December 22nd. Christmas is like in my veins. So I cannot wait for everybody to hear what I've been working on with that. That's very exciting, Jordan. I cannot wait for you um, to release some bangers. This is going to be a good holiday season. I feel like a lot of people are just like bored and need to make money. So they're going to be putting out Christmas music. We know that Carrie Underwood is putting out a Christmas album, now Jordan Sparks. I feel like there's going to be a lot of holiday jest in the air. Tis the motherfucking season, y'all. Tis the motherfucking season, bitch. Yeah, so like October is still spooky season, which isn't my favorite of the seasons. But once that November 1st hits... Ooh, deck the motherfucking halls, y'all. Spooky season isn't not my favorite season. One, because just like the surplus of candy everywhere is just such like a nice thing. I wish we kept that year round. Like there should be bowls of candy in every major like l- residential and commercial lobby. I just don't know why it's not a part of everyday life. But 
I, I don't mind spooky season, but there's definitely something about that November, December season where it's like life is just amazing. Yeah, no, but there are some people who like spooky season to them is like what the holiday season is to me. Like our they friend Kristen. Yeah, they watch that movie with the bowl. What? Um, the, with Hocus the bowl Pocus? where they mix. Hocus Pocus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they just like, they watch like the 25 days to count down to Halloween, the free form. Like, you know, they really, really live yes. for it. And, and, and I love that for them. It's just not in my veins. It is so not in my veins. Um, but again, so happy for people who experience the joy of the spooky season. Yes, of course. So happy for them. Like people so those who are the literally past five stories, like, by the way. Who, who like their aesthetic is like they want to live in Halloween town. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, their aesthetic is like Bette Midler and Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Um, so let's dive into TV recap. I'm just dying to hear your thoughts on Emily in Paris. Our TV recap segment is brought to you by New X, our favorite CBD company that we've gotten so much positive feedback for. So in case you guys missed it and you want to get the code, know that New X is the most fabulous CBD company. Their mission is to provide their customers with the highest quality products at a reasonable price. They have years of experience in sourcing, manufacturing, and developing CBD, and their goal is to make CBD accessible to the masses. They never sacrifice quality, and all of their products are natural, pure, and tested. My favorite product, which I always talk about, is the CBD gummies. I just feel like it's the best way to take CBD. It's like fun and fresh and delicious. Um, Tasty. Yeah, theirs taste really, really good. Each of their gummies have uh, 15 milligrams of broad spectrum CBD. They're completely vegan and they're made with all natural ingredients. They have no artificial colors, flavors, or sweeteners. They are THC free and they are lab tested and they're under $10. So a pack of gummies is $9.99. It's perfect for anyone who's looking for a fun way to take CBD and at an affordable price. It's Probably the most reasonable price I've seen. I've tried a lot of CBD, and this is by far my favorite company. I love the gummies. They have shots, tinctures. The shots have 150 milligrams of caffeine and energy blend with CBD. They come in really easy-to-drink two-ounce bottles. They're mango-flavored. They're also non-GMO and vegan, made with full-spectrum USA-grown hemp, and all their products are lab-tested. NuX is just the most fabulous brand. If you've been looking to get into CBD, I highly recommend this brand. I've tried a lot, and this is far and away one of my favorites. Um... Visit NuX.com, which is N-U-X.com, to go purchase some of their great products. You can use the discount code TOAST for 20% off for a limited time. So that website is NuX, N-U-X.com, and use the promo code TOAST for 20% off for a limited time. If you've been wanting to try CBD, I feel like this is the universe telling you to do it. Totally. Sign on. Relax. Okay, Emily in Paris, Darren Starr's latest show, Netflix, starring Lily Collins. I have so many thoughts. Overall, like on a rating out of 10, I gave it a 6 out of 10. If you had to rate it, what would you give it? Yeah, a 6 sounds fair. It's This is just tough because if this show came out a year ago, it would be one of my favorite shows. Unfortunately for Emily in Paris... I have no time for this frivolity anymore. Like, watching the show, even if it came out in March when we were, like, desperate for content, and it's clear that it was filmed, like, before quarantine started, if it came out in March, like, it would have brought such a spring to my step. But it coming out in October 2020, after everything that we've been through, it's like, I can't watch this girl, like, go and be embarrassing in Paris. Like, I just, I don't have the time for it. And I still love, like, shows that are an escape or shows, you know, that that transport you. But I didn't feel that this show did that. It was, like, too close to reality while just watching this girl be stupid. And, And you know what? Like, we're so far past that. Yeah, so where, what my major problem is with the show, and I think part of why Darren Starr is so successful, is his protagonists are always really complex. Like, I, you can't help but co- really compare everything he does to Sex in the City. And, like, Carrie and the whole show was so successful is because, yes, Carrie was this fabulous, fashionable, whatever. But she was deeply flawed. So, like, when she fucked up or, like, embarrassing things happened to her, it made sense. Like, she really carried that whole, like, fabulous personality and also that like nut job loser personality really well and where I felt like the show was flawed was like Lily Collins was supposed to be like this crazy like you know like young girl and I just didn't get that like Lily Collins is so perfect and her outfits were so perfect and everything was perfect 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 that like when she got sprayed with the paint I'm like I know we were supposed to be like oh she's so embarrassing I just wasn't getting that like humility from her do you know what I mean yeah, honestly, I think you're, like, looking so deep into the show, I'm- into a level of depth <laughs> that is, like, not required. But, yeah, I agree no, with you. But I no, think, wait, I think no, that- I'm sorry. Let me tell you why it's required. Okay. Because the show should be 
unbelievable. Paris, Netflix, budget, Lily Collins, French Gavriel. Like, there, it should have been literally the most unbelievable show in the world. But something wasn't adding up. And I think it was the fact that Lily Collins is too good and serious of an actress to play something, like, silly like this. I think that they were trying so hard on every front. Like, that girl, her best friend, I'm blanking on her name, who was the Mindy. nanny. I loved My her. My favorite character. Loved her. But they literally almost ruined the entire franchise when they made her sing. And that's, listen, she is, she played Gretchen Wieners on uh, Mean Girls on Broadway. And like, she's a huge Broadway star and she's incredibly talented. And they set her up for failure. Like both singing scenes, like they really thought they were doing something. Like whoever was doing this was like, this is going to be like Ben Platt singing Vienna in The Politician. Like they thought they were fucking doing something and they nearly destroyed an entire show. It was just. Oh, you know what? I disagree. I actually liked the scenes where she sang. I mean, Lavia. Rose can't be sung in a in a contemporary way anymore ever since Lady Gaga did it and yes. Star is born. So like I didn't love that choice. Like I love the song, but it's just it's too big of a song. But like when she sang Chandelier, like, oh I, I liked it. That didn't oh, bother me hate it. at all. The problem with the show is that it has no depth. Like it has no soul. There's and I think Emily as the main character, like she's so annoying and cringy and like so perfect and like overachiever and like uh, that's not my kind of girl and all the stuff with the work like the fact that she got that fragrance to be the fragrance for a hotel chain should have set her up for life like they they shouldn't but that was just like one thing okay I'll be a little less mean then after that and then like she fucks up one thing with Pierre Coudot who she signed who they never would have signed if she didn't go to the ballet and she gets fired. So on the one hand, like, I hated Emily and, like, her work ethic. But on the other hand, like, I hated the French office people even more because they were so fucking mean. Uh, I agree. And it was, like, they were, I guess, really trying to juxtapose, like, Parisian culture versus American culture. And when the guy was, like, Americans live to work, whereas, like, Parisians work to live. And I get there's definitely, like, a culture difference between uh, the two. But I don't know if they really nailed that. Um and I thought that the work stuff was actually really infuriating. I, I would agree. There were some parts of it that I loved. Like when she went to the vineyard and accidentally slept with the girl's 16 year old brother, like that was funny. And that's like Darren star at its, at his best, like, like just nuts. But like part of, here's why the show was confusing. Cause you watch it and you're like, wow, this is like such a great family friendly show. And then she's like having phone sex. And like, you see her boyfriend's testicle on the phone. So I'm like, there was just like weird droplets of like sex, which felt weird for Lily Collins. And it felt weird in the show because the show was giving me like Hallmark vibes. Yeah, I wouldn't describe the show as family friendly, but I agree. Every time there was like a big sexual innuendo, it does feel weird for Lily Collins. But I think ultimately like they, they found the right balance of like sexual activity. Yes. But yeah, it was just... I don't know. It, it was tough. It was it was really hard for me to get through. I was just like it felt like nonsense to me. Like there was yeah. just there was nothing like lovable about it or about her, and nothing really endearing. I don't know. I agree. Like uh, under different circumstances, like this could have been the best show, the next Gossip Girl. Like everyone's right. calling it. I obviously loved her outfits. Like the settings were stunning. Their incorporation with social media had the potential to be the show of a generation. Yeah. Um, but it didn't hit for me. Like, the stuff with social media, I saw your stories. I t- completely and totally agree. Why does okay. every caption need to be a hashtag? The photos that she's posting on Instagram, and I like the, this concept. It's actually a re- kind of brilliant. Like, one, the concept of she's becoming an influencer in Paris. Yes. Two, towing the line between working for a marketing company and being an influencer. Like, that's actually a real, like, a legit sort of conflict that I think that they did a pretty good job with but like she wore the cutest fucking outfits every single day not one OOTD okay so that was my thing and I think so by halfway towards the end I actually really started to like the show and I'm really excited for second season and I thought that like some things they completely nailed like the street art like doing the Pierre Cadeau prank like that totally happens at Paris Fashion Week I think they really nailed some of like the influencer things but some of the social media shit was so fucking cringy that in order for them to have a second season they have to bring on a social media consultant like I would happily be this person because Emily is so pretty so cute somehow like literally has a new Chanel bag every day and like lives in the nicest area in Paris but is literally like an intern okay and 
how it really would happen if like it was this story is like she moved to Paris and started a blog like that totally would happen that like the blog blows up and she would literally be like in the park asking strangers to take pictures for her and like that's her thing she never can find anyone to take a picture for her like there's so much more that could be done with the whole influencer thing and I actually think that was probably the cringiest but also the most interesting part of the show and if done properly like I I think that it actually could be really funny and interesting. Like even when she went to that like beauty event, like and all those like influencers, like they're just like be okay. Influencers don't use selfie sticks, but like I understand you were trying no, to be dramatic. It's not that yeah, it's not that extreme, but they actually did sort of like hit the nail on the head. People just like lining up to take pictures, and th- I I thought that that part was well done. Yeah, so I feel like I would really like to see a second season where they lean into that, like, and then all the opportunities she gets. Like, that's actually a fascinating show. And I feel like, I'm sorry to keep comparing it to Sex and the City, but, like, when Sex and the City came out, like, being a sex columnist was, like, the hottest job in the world. And now it's, like, 20 years later, being an influencer, like, in Paris and a fashion influencer, like, that's a fabulous job. Yeah, I just can't get, like, her boss, I think they were trying to make her, like, the French um, Miranda Priestly. Oh, I thought they were trying to be like Edith, her Vogue editor. Oh, no, she didn't have such a big role. Like you, I didn't think of Sex in the City once, by the way. Honestly, oh, and I also, once. I thought, I thought of Younger, too, because now she's going between Gabrielle and Michi- Mathieu, um, the older Pierre Cadeau guy, and then, like, the younger, hotter chef, and it's, like, Charles oh, and Josh. That's true, and I'm still team old man. I am always team old man. Always. Matthew is like, oh my god, if she doesn't go to Saint Tropez, I'm fucking done with her. St. Bart's, I thought, but whatever. Like if she no, doesn't Saint go, Tropez, they're taking the train. You can't take a train oh, to St. Tropez. True. If she doesn't go, I'll be furious with her. Like that first tweet where he picked her up on the boat, like, are you fucking nuts? No, she's nuts. And also, like, the storyline of her and Gabrielle and like what a terrible friend she is. Like if Awful. she wants to have a crush on Gabrielle, like don't be so close with Camille. Like it's not it, that really bothered me. Like, that was just really morally corrupt. And I feel right. like Emily Emily holds herself to a higher standard than that. And Emily's biggest professional accomplishment was getting the fragrance inside those hotels, which she wouldn't have done if Kami didn't invite her to that gallery opening where she met the hotelier. So she really needs to put some respect on Kami's name and stop fucking around with her boyfriend. Yeah, like, just step away. It, it's fine. You don't, like, you could, there's a million other Frenchmen, like, that are interested in you. Yeah. All in all, the show was fine. It's a first season, and even the first season of Sex and the City is absolutely horrifying. Like, it's fine. I really, if anyone, like, who works near the show is listening, like, you must bring on, like, an actual person who knows about social media, and you must, like, in, invest in that storyline, because it's actually really interesting, and you could be onto something. Um, also, just make sure that uh, Emily chooses Matthew. Yeah, I really hope she chooses Matthew. Um, Kardashians is on tonight, and we're going to recap all of that tomorrow. Last week and this week, yeah. It was tomorrow. Tomorrow's our last show of the week, so um, anything you want to say before we wrap up? No, I mean, I think Emily in Paris for me was also made smaller by the fact that I watched it sandwiched in between A Place to Call Home, which is just becoming, like, this incredible precious gem of a show to me. Jackie. And that's where I'm headed. I'm on the same journey. (laughs) Oh, you called me last night. You wanted to talk about Mad Men. You want to talk on the air? Because literally, Mad Men has always been so good, but I don't even know what episode I'm on. I think I might be on, like, season three or four. Um, I got to... I think I'm actually in the middle of season four. I got to, like, the most amazing part of Mad Men last night, where, spoiler alert, Sterling Cooper, Draper, Price all leave when they get acquired, and then, like, Joan comes back, and that guy Freddie Rumson comes back, and then fucking Betty Draper gets Henry Francis, and they move in together, and she gets divorced, and Don is living this sad life. It's so weird, because, like, in this show, you root for Don so hard professionally. Like, you want him to win. Like, he's the best guy in business. He wants the clients. He gets the account. But... In his personal life, like, you just want Betty to win, and I just want Betty to be happy. And Betty fucking won. She won. Did they move into that house yet? No, but Don is in the process of kicking them out because it had to be out by October 1st, so don't speak on anything. Okay, that's fine. It wasn't going to be a spoiler. And, oh, so Lane, like, Price just fired them? Yes, Lane Price fired them. Oh, that's a great scene. And they moved into their new office. It's just funny how, like, all these ancillary characters come into Mad Men, and you think they're, like, not going to be important. Um, 
but then they end up like you just like end up falling in love with them falling in love with them and they become like so integral yeah also I feel like in the beginning like when the firm was Sterling Cooper and like Joan would always be like Sterling Cooper Sterling Cooper and then eventually it becomes Sterling Cooper Draper Price and like uh, like you get so used to like the name of the firm just when you think like this is exactly how it's supposed to be like yes it's just funny yeah well because then like Pete Campbell he says he'll go with them but he wants his name in the title so like Campbell is not gonna fit Sterling Cooper Campbell yeah no, that's where they draw the line. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, and that's the other thing. I've actually come to love Pete Campbell and Allison Brie. Like, they're just so, like, they're so losery, but they, like, own it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, like, Pete Campbell, like, eventually stops trying to be something that he's not. Right. And just sort of, lean, sort of leans into who he is and his strengths. Which is and good. And that's when he becomes a man you can root for. Yeah, I'm just like, I need a spinoff of Betty. Like, when she's in that car, she's still married to Don, and she, like, meets up with him in a parking lot. It's literally, like, Illicit Affairs playing by Taylor Swift. And I just, like, I just want her to, like, have the most fulfilled personal life. And she's just been neglected for so long. And when she found the box and she found out his name was Dick, I'm like, yes, queen, get the fuck out. Like, she is just, she went from being, like, so pathetic to being the modern woman we needed. Yeah, um, she's about to go on a journey, so... Oh, no! Yeah, so call me when you... No! Dude, th- don't tell me, but if things don't work out with Henry Francis, like, I'm literally stopping the show. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you. Oh my god, I'm so upset because Henry Francis is so cute. Like, you think she can't do better... You think she can't do better than Don Draper, the most handsome man on Madison Avenue, but then she ends up with, like, not more handsome, but, a like, governor. a silver fox governor who's very wealthy, promises to take care of her and her kids. Like, what's it like to just, like, be so beautiful and, like, men just, like, want to take care of you? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just, like, what is what's that like? That like? She's yeah. so um, fucking beautiful. Yeah, just... Okay. That's all I'll say. Okay. And but you don't know anything, by the way. Like, you think you think you know what's about to happen, and you don't know. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think that that is all she wrote, because she needs to go blow her nose. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Morning Toast and Millennial Morning Show, where we go live Monday. Oh, nope. No, scratch up. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Morning Toast, the Millennial Morning Show, where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your Morning Toast on YouTube, usually. So if you ever want to watch us on YouTube, head over to our YouTube and subscribe. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox. We are now on Amazon Music. So wherever you listen to podcasts, find us, the Morning Toast, and leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. We hope you have an amazing day. We'll see you tomorrow for Friday. Bye. Bye.